Newsweek sounded the alarm after Bob Iger's favorite month, when in August they reported, once a sure bet Disney has experienced an unprecedented string of box office flops, both domestically and in critical markets such as China. Stupid! You're so stupid! And now Variety is sounding the alarm on the eve of the Marvels, a femme flick already destined to flop. And it says this, this past September, a group of Marvel creatives, including studio chief Kevin Feige, assembled in Palm Springs for the studio's annual retreat. Most years, the vibe would have been confident, even cocky, given how the premier superhero brand owned by Disney since 2009 has remade the entertainment business in its image. But this occasion was angst-ridden. Everyone at Marvel was reeling from a series of disappointments on screen a legal scandal involving one of the biggest stars and questions about the viability of the studio's ambitious strategy to extend the brand beyond movies into streaming. The most pressing issue to be discussed at the retreat was what to do about Jonathan Majors, the actor who had been poised to carry the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but instead is headed to a high-profile trial in New York later this month on domestic violence charges. So you make daddy a sandwich. I'll talk about this more in our final story today, but uh, spoiler alert, uh, the reason Disney is in catastrophic decline has nothing to do with Jonathan Majors. Jonathan just has it all. I mean, he is like the actor of his generation. He's really exciting. And in fact, has to do with the fact that they have adopted postmodernism, moral relativism, identity politics, call it the woke agenda, but they've adopted all of that over truth, over good storytelling. Blaze built this country. They've stopped creating stories that tell a good story and now they want an agenda. Why are you gay? If art imitates culture, then this catastrophic decline of one of the biggest companies in the world might give us a warning about what's happening in the West when we adopt an agenda that disregards truth. This is on full display as protesters stormed D.C. and vandalized monuments, placing hijabs and Palestinian flags on statues while shouting free Palestine. What, no protest for hostages held by Hamas or for the evils perpetrated by Hamas? Weird, weird. The whole purpose of the show today is to show you that, like Disney, we realize now that ideas have consequences. And when people are blinded by ideology, they can't see the consequences of their ideas, and it's time to call this crap out. Free Palestine protesters may not support Hamas openly, but they are supporting them. And we'll talk about how today on IndieThinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Whether you're watching on YouTube or streaming this on Spotify, you can also leave an amazing review. Did you know that you can support IndieThinker and the great work that we're doing here on this podcast by going to our Herbal Alchemy store? There you can find non-woke products that are all natural, great for the family. If you kick Target out of your bathroom, which I hope you did, you can replace them by going to our Herbal Alchemy store. And when you do that, you'll also be supporting what we do here at IndieThinker because a portion of the proceeds from the sale of those products will go directly back to us. And you should also know, when you buy from Herbal Alchemy, a portion of those proceeds will also go even further than just IndieThinker. Some of those proceeds will go to help fight human trafficking around the world because Herbal Alchemy is a great Christian company, not only with all natural products that can help you with health and beauty, and some of you need it, trust me, but, but not only does it do that, but they're a Christian company that helps 
and human trafficking around the world. It's a great company with great integrity and you need to support them and you need to support the show. So go to the link that's on the screen right now or go to the, to the description of this podcast where you can find a link to go to our Herbal Alchemy store where you can help support us and get some great products for yourself. By now you've probably seen the images of people marching through Washington DC and vandalizing monuments among other things. We'll get into that in a moment, but I want you to hear a little bit of the cover that's being flown for these vandals. It says this in ABC News, thousands of pro-Palestinian protesters came together Saturday to call for a ceasefire, an end to the siege on the Gaza Strip at a march in Washington, DC's Freedom Plaza. The protest was organized by nine groups and has participation from 500 groups from around the country, according to organizers. Photos of the peaceful march, which called for a ceasefire and the end to the Israeli government's siege on Gaza that started in retaliation of Hamas's surprise terror attack on Israel on October 7th, show thousands gathered in the streets of D.C. following a rally. The protesters marched to the White House. Now, the reason I wanted to read that to you is that this protest was called peaceful. Well, let's see if it really was peaceful. So here's some clips that you can see on the screen. Now I'll explain those uh, clips to those who are listening. So we have uh, monuments being defaced, free Palestine being written on them. We also have hijabs being placed over statues that are right there in quote unquote Freedom Plaza. And then uh, Palestinian flags being placed in those statues, hands and then Palestinian flags all around. We see free Palestine as much as we possibly can. Then we also see some other vandalism on the streets and on the walls. Uh, it's gonna go a little bit fast, so I'll try to explain to you exactly what is written on these walls here. But the, but the first one says, death to Israel. The next one is a profanity lay statement with Israel at the end of it. So I'll let you use your imagination. So cuss word, Israel. And then the final one says, Gaza will win. So as you can see, absolutely, totally peaceful. Let's not also forget that at this same march, there were people that suggested that Israel should go to some place that, well, isn't all that pleasant. You can see that here. Right to rebel. Go to hell, Israel. Well, okay. Well, apparently go to heaven, Muslims, and enjoy your virgins as you murder and slaughter innocent people intentionally, not accidentally or not as a part of a military operation. Anyway, we could say much more about that, maybe about the drone attack that Biden did early in his presidency, but uh, too much to go into right now. At least let's just say this. I have an argument to make on the show today, and it's one that I hope you will listen to very, very carefully. The people that are protesting in Washington, D.C. or in other places, especially in London, that are saying free Palestine, when they say free Palestine, what are they asking to be free from? Or maybe better question, whom do they need to be free from? See, the implication here, and I know the vast majority of these people are young college kids who are not really brilliant people yet because they haven't really learned to think for themselves in really critical ways. But the implication here, whether they would say it explicitly or not, is that they want Palestine to be free of Jews. Well, I've got good news for you. Guess how many Jews live in Gaza? That's correct, zero. Guess how many Palestinian or Arab Muslims, if you wanna say it, live in Israel? Well tons because the place that is tolerant of Arab Muslims and Palestinians is Israel. The place where they are not tolerated is in Gaza. So in fact, they have been freed. 
And this is clearly a talking point of Hamas to ask for Palestine to be free. And by the way, they think Palestine is the current land, uh, land that is occupied by Israel. That, that that's their land too. So when they say free Palestine, they literally mean to genocidally wipe off the face of the map Israel. I know a lot of these young adults, again, think that uh, what they're saying when they say free Palestine, they're saying free them from rocket attacks or free them from death of civilians. Well, if you really want to do that, then I would highly encourage you to add something to your oddly short uh, free Palestine slogan. I would add free Palestine from Hamas because the people that are calling for civilian casualties are Hamas and the people that are trying to protect civilians as much as possible in the midst of a very difficult war is Israel's military. This is well documented. It's not even worth going into great detail. This is documented by the fact that Hamas leaders are sitting in Qatar uh, enjoying Mai Tais and sitting in their nice little mansions, raking in billions of dollars while they demand that people stand for fire and, and become martyrs for the cause and stay in Gaza. A big salute to our people in Gaza. A big salute to those with their blood. This is what Hamas leaders are saying. So if you want to blame the right people, maybe you should be saying free Palestine from Hamas rather than free Palestine because it's oddly short. It's eerily short, in fact, because we can fill in the blanks for you. And so there is an implication here. Perhaps if you really wanted to take a position of moral fortitude, you might say free hostages from Palestine. There are currently 233 hostages being held in tunnels underneath Palestine, which by the way, the Iron Dome for Hamas is Palestine civilian areas because they, these cowards live in tunnels like rats, like the rats that they are, because their Iron Dome is trying to use civilians as human shields. They don't have Iron Dome like Israel, so they created an Iron Dome for themselves. It just happens to be in civilian areas. Suffice to say, what about those hostages? Doesn't Israel have a right to fight against the people who are holding their own citizens hostages, including infants? Needless to say, this free Palestine protest is clearly a, 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 as stupid as it sounds and even worse. The reason this is implicit support for Hamas is that even though some of these people don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, but doing it nonetheless, is the reason this is problematic is because what it does is it gives energy to Hamas and it, and it makes them think that, and they might not be totally wrong here, uh, it makes them think that the West is in support of what they're doing, that as long as they continue to lie and continue to allow their own civilians to be killed and put them in harm's way without care for their safety, as long as they can keep on doing that, then the West will continue to support them. So in other words, we're creating an incentive structure through our free Palestine protests for these evil, wicked men to do what they've been doing. And it's odd to me that we haven't taken the time to even really mourn what happened on October 7th. There were no protests that were calling for free Israel from Hamas. There were no people that were crying out really in large fashion like we're seeing with Palestine against what took place in Israel. So all of that needs to be paid attention to. And if you're not paying attention to it, it is simply because you don't care to. So by the way, while I believe that free Palestine is implicit support of Hamas, who does have a, um, a constitution, as it were, and a preamble, unlike ours, 
their preamble says that uh, the Jews exist and will exist until Islam totally eliminates them entirely. I highly encourage you to check out the Hamas charter before you shout free Palestine, uh, if it is, it, like I suggest, implicit support. But by the way, uh, it is explicit support. It is explicitly supportive of Hamas when you say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Because we're talking about a river that's on one side of Israel and a sea that's on the other side of Israel. So when you say from the rivers to the sea, Palestine will be free, now you're saying the quiet part out loud. You want Israel to totally be genocidally destroyed. You are. There's no question about it. If you're shouting that, now you're explicitly supporting the same agenda as Hamas and what makes you different than them exactly. You may not be picking up a gun, but please do not believe you're standing on any kind of moral high ground just because you can come up with a number of innocent civilians that have been killed on either side. Suffice to say, when evil rears its ugly head in a fallen world, it must be dealt with. And unfortunately, it isn't always dealt with in the best way possible. It is an unfortunate, again, reality of these kind of things. But this also brings me to kind of a startling realization for us as parents, especially you Christian parents out there. Um, if most of these people are young adults, and, and they are, or old female liberals, um, then, then this tells us something that we know about college kids. Winston Churchill said that when I was young, I was a uh, bleeding heart liberal, but when I became older, I grew a brain and became a conservative. So if, if you're young and you... Uh, if you're young and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. And if you're old and you're not a conservative, you don't have a brain. That's kind of the quote as it goes. But suffice to say, it's a reminder to us that, that kids are incredibly impressionable and that we as Christians need to quit isolating and insulating our kids from the truth. This generation of kids, we're told, are more anxious, more depressed, and the culture war constantly is all around them, and so it makes them anxious and stressed out all the time, and we just need a sanctuary for our children. No, you don't. We've been protecting our Christian kids for far too long, so when we finally ship them off to university, guess what they get exposed to? This kind of malicious and ridiculous rhetoric that if you're not a critical thinker, if you don't know how to mock, like I argued on last uh, on. Tuesday show, if you don't know how to do that, you will quickly fall for the arguments that you're hearing from these people, and you won't know how to think for yourself. Yes, these arguments are as stupid as they sound, but trust me, pe people, especially kids, will fall for them. This is how a group of mostly young adults become moral idiots when we try to protect our kids from this truth. You should have already sat your kids down, I think probably regardless of age, but obviously when you think about age, you're careful about what you tell them, but you should be clear to tell them what took place and why it's so important that they understand what happened there. If you don't, you're creating a sanctuary, sure, for your kids, but it's the wrong kind of safety. You're padding a room for them and coddling them so that they can't think for themselves, and you're making them a prime target for what will take place, the radicalization that takes place on college campuses and universities. Eventually, your teenagers will leave your home and you might have protected them, you might have provided safety, you might have paid for their bills, you might have taken care of them, but please take care of their mental acuity, take care of their moral fortitude, and give them a moral compass, especially in issues like what's going on right now. If you don't, your kids, yes, your Christian kids, will fall victim to what many kids on campuses all over the United States are falling victim to right now. I call it fill-in-the-blank social justice. Now, by that I mean you can put anything in front of the word justice, like economic justice, uh, racial justice, climate justice, economic justice. You can do whatever you want. 
Uh, not only that, but also that there's a blank in the human heart, and that's why we're constantly looking for some cause to attach ourselves to, to provide some kind of meaning. And the real problem is, with that is that when we start doing that with a movement like Free Palestine, we have to be careful that we're not echoing what Hamas actually says, which they shout free Palestine too, and they don't finish the sentence, but what they mean when they say it is free Palestine from all Jews. So on the one hand, you've got people who want climate justice, but also are advocating for genocide. How can you say that you're really doing that because you care about the well-being of people? Even if you're not doing that explicitly, it may be implicit, which is very dangerous. And again, all of this simply, because we have a hole in the human heart that we're trying to fill up with just about any kind of garbage. When we need to do what G.K. Chesterton said, he said, when you stop believing in God, it doesn't mean that you start believing in nothing. He says, it means you'll believe in anything. So we need to take his word seriously and understand that we need to fill the void that's in the human heart with something big enough to fill it, which isn't a social justice cause. It's actually God. I mean, if you don't believe this is true, a generation desperate for a cause to believe in will even cut on themselves, butcher their own bodies just for the attention that they can get from people that they weren't getting before when they felt like they were just a brick in the wall. Now they can be numbered among a unique group identity that will give them some kind of credibility and some kind of attention. This is how desperate people are to truly be noticed. It's because we were created to be noticed by God. I want to jump into our next story, and before I do so, I want to preface it by saying I'm going to finally make the argument on the show that I should have been making a long time ago to prove that I have passed my 40s. And I'm just going to say that they do not make kids like they used to. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, gay used to be something that we called our friends to make fun of each other, and now it's a slur that you can't ever say. Um, and bullies were dealt with rather than constantly complaining about them. And no one talked about depression. I mean, honestly, you can say that that's kind of a toxic society where no one's talking about depression and you don't have the freedom to come out and talk about how deeply depressed you are. But honestly, is it making our society better because we're more medicated than ever before and more anxious and more depressed than we've ever been now that we're talking about it constantly? But uh, I bring that up because I want to talk about the mentality of kids these days in a story that comes from the Christian Post that talks about Grand Canyon University. It says this, the president of the largest Christian university in the United States said that his school has no intention of paying an unprecedented $37.7 million fine levied this week by the U.S. Department of Education for alleged deceptive practices. The amount of the fine is absolutely ridiculous, but the point is whether it was $1 or $38 million, we're not paying a dime. Phoenix, Arizona-based Grand Canyon University President Brian Mueller told the Christian Post, We are the most transparent institution in the country. The Education Department slapped GCU with the largest fine in the department's history on Tuesday for allegedly misleading students about the cost of its doctoral program. According to a statement, an investigation by the department's Office of Federal Student Aid found that GCU lied about the cost of its doctoral programs to attract students to enroll to more than 7,500 current and former students to more than 7,500 current and former students, according to the statement. Let me start off first by saying what I'm about to tell you I cannot necessarily prove, but, um, uh, but it is a little fishy to me. I can't say whether Grand Canyon University is doing some kind of illegal charging scheme or not, but I can tell you that this sure seems like another attempt by the government to play favorites. Do you remember back when Barack Obama was our president? And 
Uh, of course, a lot of people think those were the glory days before Trump, but uh, not for everybody because he used the IRS to target Christian nonprofits specifically. And he was exposed for doing this, that he was specifically going after conservatives and Christians and using the IRS to, to do it. So I don't see the government investigating Harvard or any Ivy League school for charging astronomical rates. It's just these Christian universities. And in fact, this happened to Liberty too. And again, I don't know if they are responsible for lying to students. And if they are, they should be held accountable. But color me a little skeptical as to the fact that I don't think that they are. The government gives a ton of money to Harvard when they charge astronomical rates. Um, uh, th that's what they do. Uh, the government investigates Grand Canyon University and Liberty when they start to charge astronomical rates. So Harvard keeps on raising prices and the government keeps on funneling money their way. I'm not suggesting that the same doesn't happen with Christian universities and all that kind of thing, that they don't get government funds. I'm sure they do. I don't know how any of that works. I can only tell you this. I can tell you that this seems a little bit fishy, but even if it's not, kind of push that aside. Let's say that Grand Canyon is somehow charging these students in ways that they didn't expect. Let me just tell you young people that college is a scam. It's about time you started waking up to it. There are some place for university, and, and I'll be honest, I'm not an anti-college guy. I know there are other conservatives out there who just tell you you shouldn't go to college. Um, I think college is really, really good, if for nothing more than to give you a love for learning that I think is vitally important for life. Um, but college is a scam. You have to admit it. The ways that they're constantly charging more and more and more and driving kids into debt further and further and further is nothing but a scam. And it also seems a scam intended to try to make kids a byproduct of the system before they can even get out on, on their own. So immediately you leave college totally in debt and constantly um, in hawk to, to somebody else. But, but all that said, you are an adult now and you need to read your own bills when you're being charged for things. You, you signed up for college and I know you think it's a scam and I'm very sorry about that and it is, but you signed up for it nonetheless. And when you sign up for college, you are also being given your bill and constantly looking at what you're being charged. So it, one of the great lessons about college, maybe it's a cautionary tale, but one of the great lessons that could be learned from it is um, you're in debt and it's time for you to be responsible for your debts. This kind of comes to, a, to another thing that I think is probably um, something that I've been thinking a lot lately is that parents, especially Christian parents, tend to coddle their kids way too much. Christian parents say, well, my kids have anxiety and depression. They're constantly faced with all the things. Culture is throwing so many things at them. Yes, I agree. There are things in the culture now that are coming at kids that didn't happen when I was their age. And I can't imagine what that's like. But that just means that parents, we have to quit trying to create safe spaces for our kids. Sure, let your home be safe for your kids, but let it be a place where they are equipped for what is happening in the world. Quit creating a bunch of kids who whine and moan and complain when they take ownership of something, sign their name to a document, and then are held chargeable for that thing. I mean, that's the kind of whining and complaining that kids that don't have responsibility uh, in their life really do. See, the kind of kids that we need to be creating are not coddled kids, but kids who say like C.T. Studd said. He said this, some prefer chapel bells, but I want a rescue shop within a yard from hell. See, that kind of mentality is so foreign to kids these days, and that's why they are so soft. 
They prefer chapel bells and they want to sit in their nice universities. And when the stark reality of their bill hits them in the face, they want to whine and complain about it. Um, it's time for us to start helping our kids understand this is what college is, this is what you're taking on. You need to question whether or not you're really even needing to go to college for what you want to do before you do it. But just know that, that it's a scam and what you're taking on is the responsibility to pay your bills once you leave. And maybe this is the bigger point of it all because outside of Christian parents coddling their kids, we have a society that is in love that is in love with their rights. We talk about this all the time. Well, don't we have the right to X, Y, and Z? No, rights give you the ability to take responsibility. And in fact, without responsibility, there are no rights. The responsibility that you have to your family enables you the right, obviously, to take care of them in safety and take care of them with uh, financial security. It is only when you take the responsibility to care for your family that you gain the rights to those kind of things. Not only are Christian parents coddling kids, but the coddling is taking away their sense of responsibility. And what I mean by that is this, is that we talk about rights all the time in society today. We're spending more time talking about rights than we are responsibility. And the problem with that is this, is that our rights are guaranteed to us so that we can take on responsibility. So we have the right to be able to get a job and earn a fair wage from those places or earn a wage that's at least agreed upon by employee and employer. And, and that, that right that we have is guaranteed to us so that we can responsibly take care of our family. By the way, the more money you get always is usually as a result of the fact that you are taking on more responsibility. The people who take on more responsibilities typically make more money. Suffice to say, this conversation about rights without responsibility is totally wrong-headed and it's created a generation of entitled people who think that they're entitled to rights without being responsible. So you're entitled to full transparency when you get your bill, but you are responsible for that bill once you leave that college. And I can't help but believe that the complaints coming from the rates that are being charged have more to do with a generation of entitled young people than it is people who are willing to take responsibility for, for their actions. Let's go to our final segment, Bible study with Democrats. Oh, God of pronouns. I mentioned at the top of the show that art imitates reality or art imitates culture. Now, I think it's arguable whether or not art imitates culture or culture imitates art. So can art influence culture? Sure, but by and large, art actually just mirrors culture and gives us a a medium to reflect upon life and what's really going on all around us. So I would argue that art does imitate reality, that it imitates culture. That's why when we look at movies and we look at films, it's important to pay attention to those things because it's, it's echoing back to us what's really going on all around us. So when we see that Disney is controlled by the left and so is culture, we can find some correlations to, with what's going on in the demise of Disney and perhaps even the moral decline in our society. And that's why I wanted to bring this up within the context of, okay, art imitates reality. Now, I think it's arguable as to whether or not art imitates reality or imitality. Art imitates reality. Now, I think it's arguable as to whether or not art imitates reality or reality imitates art. Because you could say that art influences culture, and it does, but I think by and large, art merely mirrors culture. It echoes culture back to us, and it's a medium to reflect 
on culture. And that's why at the top of the show I talked about Marvel and Disney because I believe, especially movies and cinema, creates a medium by which we can reflect upon what's happening in culture. And so I think it's important to understand that Disney is controlled by the left, and so is the culture. That's why Disney is close to its demise, and culture is on a moral decline, to be sure. No Christian with a Bible could ever fathom making some of the crap that comes out of the studios over at Disney. That's why on this segment of the show, we have to analyze the moral claims being made by the left side of the aisle. Their left-leaning agenda has them in hot water. As I read at the top of the show, I want to read for you again this article from Variety. It says this. This past September, a group of Marvel creatives, including a studio chief, Kevin Feige, assembled in Palm Springs for the studio's annual retreat. Most years, the vibe would have been confident, even cocky, given how the premier superhero brand owned by Disney since 2009 has remade the entertainment business in its image. But this occasion was angst-ridden. Everyone at Marvel was reeling from a series of disappointments on screen, legal scandal involving one of its biggest stars, and questions about the viability of the studio's ambitious strategy to extend the brand beyond movies into streaming. All right, so if Disney truly is in hot water, and they are, I have a suggestion for you. Instead of constantly pumping out the kind of crap you have been, there is somebody who could save you I am Iron Man. Let's face it, Disney does need a savior, maybe even more powerful than Iron Man. Uh, but I'm not even sure Robert Downey can save them from their troubles. Might the cause of their total destruction stem from, I don't know, maybe their not-so-secret gay agenda? Not at all secret gay agenda. I can tell you dressing men up as women for Pride Month so that the kiddos can watch it is not just stupid, but it is morally egregious and disgusting. But don't look to the media and don't look to Variety to actually help Disney with their woes. Because they might suggest that Snow White is part of the problem and how they've race-swapped yet again you know, instead of Snow White having Snow Brown, and the fact that this Snow Brown cannot keep quiet. She constantly wants to refer to the movie and tell us that the story of a woman in love with a man is antiquated and we need more girl bosses. And on top of that, we need to swap the dwarves with a diverse group of people of varying height, instead of actually telling a good story. And this is the problem at the end of the day. Not only that this girl doesn't know how to keep her mouth quiet and make a sandwich, but also that Disney only knew that they could tell this story, but they never asked the question, should they, and is it good? Because Disney doesn't have the moral frame or the moral reference to actually tell good stories anymore, or to even, even describe and define what good actually looks like. But here's Variety again, going on to suggest that Marvel execs are struggling. And by the way, they're not struggling from hero fatigue, no. They're struggling with one of their heroes, Jonathan Majors, and his legal troubles. And he's not going to be able to be in their films, potentially, because of these legal problems. So what are they going to do now that they were banking so much on Jonathan Majors? It's going to be a problem for them. We could care less about the personal struggles of Jonathan Majors, because we weren't investing a lot of hope in Kang like they wanted us to. In this film that you've done, what are you most excited for fans to see about it? Ah, uh, Kang. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jonathan Majors, Kang the Conqueror, oh, yeah. what was that like? Exciting! When Jonathan Majors comes out on this carpet, I feel like we're gonna feel a, a shift in energy. Of like, whoa, okay, the big daddy is here, y'all. Increase the cringe. But here toward the end of the article is what Variety actually thinks is really going on with Marvel. They say this. The source of Marvel's current troubles can be traced back to 2020. That's when the COVID pandemic 
ushered in a mandate to help boost Disney's stock price. With an endless torrent of interconnected Marvel content from the studio's fledgling streaming platform, Disney+. Plus. According to the plan, there would never be a lapse in superhero fare with either a film in theaters or a new television series streaming at any given moment. This is so dead wrong. Not only does this kind of liken unto the way in which Democrats want to blame COVID rather than COVID policy for some of the things that happen, but Disney Plus is not the problem. And oversaturation with hero films is not the problem. Disney Plus would have been great. It would have been money-making. Your parks wouldn't be desperately flailing right now and raising prices in order to make up for your intersectional identity politics, gay agenda, and the ills of white supremacy that you believe you need to fight. The real problem is this, that movies mirror culture. Media mirrors culture. It always has. And people are waking up to it. The cultural decay of America isn't funny. It's not something that we want to promote. No one is laughing anymore, especially as protests in the UK and the US show people shouting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's right, the same people concerned with social justice are also calling for genocide. Good job, Gen Z. Our society has become more secular and it has become less tolerable. When we see this show up in Disney, it becomes movies that nobody wants to watch. And we shouldn't tolerate that kind of hypocrisy anyway. A society with no moral values has no mechanism for true self-reflection. When confronted with the truth, they double down, sticking their head in the sand and make more and more movies that flop. I mean, suggest that Israel has a right to protect itself and you'll hear Hamas was fighting back after their oppressors, you know, uh, for 75 years of oppression. Suggest that you can't kill babies just because of a 75-year oppression and this is what you'll get. Um, they'll deny that Hamas even did anything. It's all AI. Well, how convenient for your argument. So you mean to say, no amount of evidence will change your mind. Got it. Why is this happening to our society? Beyond Disney, beyond Gaza, beyond Israel, beyond all of this. It's because we have a generation that has rejected Christianity and it cannot bear blaming itself. It is too scary a proposition to blame yourself. Just think if Disney did that. Uh, when, when you don't have a true faith basis, you lack a mechanism of actual repentance. If you blame yourself, what do you do if you're an atheist? With the flawed worldview that you've just kind of held around you as a warm blanket. When your whole worldview crumbles, you have to replace it. And too many secularists emphatically deny Christianity has answers to society. So you're left with blaming somebody else. Now, this is an interesting and important distinction to understand. I'm not just hating on atheists, although that is fun. Christians, on the other hand, when they repent, they find hope and restoration in God that promises them that, yes, the man in the mirror is the problem, but also the God that gave you free will can help you take your free will and get you out of the mess that you're in. I'm happy to admit when conservatives and Republicans on the right do something ridiculous, it just so happens that people doing the most ridiculous things in society today are most often on the left and also within the camp of the irreligious or the spiritual or the atheist. But this isn't even about right or left. As horrible as Joe Biden has been, and he has been terrible, he is not the biggest problem that faces us on a daily basis. Hamas is not the biggest problem, even for Israel. I am my biggest problem, and you are your biggest problem. But let me be very careful not to play into the hands of the very people that destroyed Snow White for all of us. Disney needs to blame itself, but it doesn't mean that we only blame ourselves. Blaming ourselves does not remove the ability to point the finger when it's necessary. It's just that 
The same woke agenda that looks to institutions to cast blame for systemic problems is also devoid of a conscience and any self-reflection. They can only point the finger in one direction. What I'm saying is that society needs religious structure and religious stories. Disney isn't giving it to us. And with a religious war raging in Gaza, it's right to ask, isn't that a religious war? If so, how can religion be the answer? Yes, it is a religious war. It's one religion fighting against another religion, but so are all skirmishes. This is what I'm trying to point out, even with Disney and the fight that they're fighting internally. It's a religious battle of sorts too, because everyone is worshiping something. When you have an agenda, and we all do. It's just a matter of which God we worship and is it the right one? And by the way, atheist, you have a God too and he looks just like you, which should be a dead giveaway that it's the wrong God. The right one provides an end game that leads to self-reflection and self-correction. But as stated before, perhaps the modern left doesn't care about being on the wrong side of truth. Maybe their agenda is the point. Here's the big idea. If art imitates culture, what does Disney's demise tell us about the West? It tells us that when institutions promote issues that are never the issue, they're not really after that issue. They're after revolution, and nothing will be won in the end except ashes. Just ask Kevin Feige. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and go with God.
Attitude never seems to go away while talking about it. The reality is that the cartoon was made 85 years ago, and therefore it's extremely dated when it comes to the ideas of women being in roles of power and uh, and 